Hello and welcome to part two of our podcast on an introduction to digital transformation. My name is Joske Homer and I'm a senior associate and an England and Wales qualified registered foreign lawyer or Gaikoko Jimo Bengoshi in the disputes group in HSF's Tokyo office. I'm also a secondee um, to HSF's digital law group. Just to recap briefly, in part one of this podcast series, we introduced the concept of digital transformation and what it might entail for different organizations and some of the key issues and considerations that are likely to accompany any digital transformation project. If you have not had a chance to listen to it, I suggest doing so first before listening to this part two. Today, we'll be discussing the government recognition for the need for digital transformation in Japan and the current state of play, including the recent efforts to encourage speedy adoption of digital technologies. I'm joined today by Okada-sensei, a partner at Morihamada Matsumoto. Okada-sensei's practice focuses on IT and intellectual property disputes, data protection, amongst others. He's also a member of the AI Social Implementation Guide Working Group set up by the Ministry of Economy, Trade and Industry, or METI. His full biography can be found on the podcast landing page. Thank you very much for joining me for this podcast, Okada-sensei. Thank you very much for the introduction and inviting me to join this interesting discussion. Digital transformation, also referred to as DX, is certainly a hot topic in Japan, and I'm glad to discuss several important issues with you today. Thank you. The first point I wanted to discuss is the history behind digital transformation in Japan. From an external viewpoint, Japan is certainly seen as a very technologically advanced economy. Would it be fair to say that the pace of digital reform in Japan to date has not been as quick as one might expect? Thank you, Honma-sensei. Yes, the recognition of the need for digital reform isn't new in Japan. The uh, idea of creating a Ministry of Information and Communication was promoted by Prime Minister Hashimoto in 2001 with the aim of consolidating governmental organizations involved with IT strategy. But the plan never materialized due to internal feud. The Japanese government began tackling the issues around digital reform in earnest when former Prime Minister Abe came to power in December 2012 and sought to revitalize Japan's economy by promoting Abenomics. One of Abenomics' so-called three arrows was a growth strategy to overcome long-term problems faced by Japan, such as aging population and reduction in the workforce. The concept of Society 5.0 or Super Smart Society formed part of the uh, 2017 revision to Prime Minister Abe's growth strategy. This included the use of digital technologies such as, such as big data analytics, artificial intelligence, the Internet of Things and robotics through a tight integration of cyberspace and physical realms. There are some key concepts and technologies that feed into digital transformation as you touched upon in part one of the podcast series. Thank you, Kada-sensei. It's interesting that the discussion around digital transformation has been going on for a long time. Would it be right to say that this is not necessarily translated to widespread rollout of digital services, especially with respect to government services? And is it recognized that more needs to be done? 
Yes, that's right. Despite the recognition of the issues and efforts to date, um, change has been slow, especially in the public sector. There was an article published by The Economist earlier this year which illustrated this problem. It cited a comparative survey of 30 countries in the OECD where Japan ranked last in terms of the government's provision of digital services. One statistic uh, given was that as at 2018, only 7.3% of citizens requested anything from the government online. In contrast, in Iceland, this statistic was 80% of the population. Also, as at uh, 2019, just 7.5% uh, of the nearly uh, 56,000 processes handled by the national government in Japan could be completed online. Yes, I'm sure those statistics reflect many of our Japanese listeners' experiences in having to physically attend local government offices for various administrative tasks, although this has been improving in recent years. It was good to see this is possible to apply online for the My Number Social Security card, for example. On the other hand, the government has been actively pushing the private sector to adopt digital transformation, hasn't it? That's right. The MIDI published a digital transformation promotional guideline in December, 18, uh, December 2018 and introduced a number of programs uh, to push digital transformation in the private sector. This includes the IT introduction subsidy, which supports SMEs by subsidizing part of the cost of introducing IT tools tailored to their issue needs. There is also the Bonozukuri subsidy, which is not strictly a DX-specific initiative, but is aimed at providing financial support to SMEs to develop innovative business models or business plans. It's encouraging to see the government attempting to support SMEs in their digital transformation journey. With respect to larger corporates, I note that since last year, there's been a joint initiative by the METI and the Tokyo Stock Exchange to identify listed companies that have adopted digital transformation in initiatives, with companies recognized as digital transformation stocks and noteworthy digital transformation companies. The top prize of Digital Transformation Grand Prix was awarded to Trusco Nakayama and Komatsu last year, and this year it's been awarded to Hitachi and SRE Holdings. The idea, of course, is to make digital transformation a key criteria for investors, much like ESG or environmental, social and governance. Yes, many of the large corporations in Japan are certainly far ahead of the governance on digital transformation. And uh, I believe we will discuss some examples later. But it is worth noting that when former Prime Minister Suga took over from former Prime Minister Abe in 2020, he identified digital transformation as a key economic agenda. A key initiative that he implemented through legislative reform earlier this year was the creation of a post for Japan's first minister for digital reform and setting up of a digital agency, which launched in September this year. Interestingly, the Digital agency is staffed with a mix of civil servants and private sector specialists who have specific digital expertise, which is the first time such an approach has been taken. 
Amongst other things, um, the digital agency has the responsibility to consolidate control over IT procurement previously devolved to different arms of government and uh, will attempt to standardize core IT systems used by local governments. I believe Prime Minister Kishida, who took over in September from Prime Minister uh, Suga, has not made any major policy change in terms of digital transformation. Karen Makishima, who is the new digital minister under the Kishida cabinet, um, recently outlined three priority pillars for the new digital agency. The first is the realization of the digital garden city-state concept. The second is the promotion of data strategy. And the third is the promotion of digitalization of government. Okada-sensei, what can you tell us about the digital garden city-state concept? I understand digital garden city-state concept is taken from the Liberal Democratic Party's Digital Nippon 2020 proposal. At a very high level, the idea is to aim for a digital society where technology will allow for more flexible working styles and every citizen can enjoy a high quality of life irrespective of where they live in Japan. Makishima-san understands that this will require the development of digital infrastructure in rural area, as well as bridging the digital divide to ensure that the older generations who are not so digitally literate are not left behind. Thank you, Kada-sensei. Hopefully the new digital agency will mean that such digital transformation efforts can progress more smoothly and that this will ultimately have a significant and positive impact on the revitalization of Japan's economy. I now want to turn back to a point you touched on earlier in terms of the private sector. Uh, in your view, are there any specific sectors where the take-up imp or impact of digital transformation has been particularly positive? Or could you give us a couple of examples of corporate Japan engaging in interesting digitalization projects? Sure. Uh, there are some uh, important um, and interesting digitalization projects uh, in the private sectors uh, in Japan. So let me take uh, three examples. The first example is a smart city project, uh, which is called Toyota Urban City. This is an experimental city uh, being built by Toyota Motor Corporation on Toyota's former factory site near Mount Fuji. Toyota is trying to change from um, mere automobile manufacturer to a full mobility service um, provider. And they try to conduct research and development in a real city rather than within laboratories, having a goal to create a human-centered city, a city of demonstration experiments, where automated vehicles, robots, houses, and other objects and people are connected via the internet and the data collected is used to provide optimal services. It is quite interesting to see this kind of large-scale public infrastructure pro project is driven by private enterprises. The second example is the smart city project outside Japan. Japanese companies are also keen to invest in foreign smart city projects. One such example is SoftBank's plan to bring the latest technology to 
the smart city project in Indonesia, where the government is planning to make its new capital an environmentally friendly smart city. Japan is a small country with a lot of cities, so it is difficult to build a large city from scratch. Therefore, this kind of project in foreign countries would provide unique investment opportunities and also give SoftBank a chance to leverage technologies from a consortium of companies that it has invested in various uh, technology fields. And the third and the final example is blockchain. Blockchain is one of the promising technologies expected in the field of DX along with AI and IoT. Originally, blockchain was just an elemental technology that enabled the realization of cryptocurrencies in the field of fintech. However, in recent years, it has become clear that blockchain is a technology that has the potential to be applied not only in the financial field, but also in all existing industries and businesses. For example, blockchain can contribute to realizing more efficient and uh, more reliable supply chain by tracing all processes, including, including manufacturing, uh, distribution, and retail. Blockchain can also be used for content ownership and uh, licensing management, including copyright management. In various fields, both large companies and startup companies actively collaborate with uh, uh, external companies to jointly develop blockchain technologies for the purpose of providing DX services. Thank you very much for those examples of Kada-sensei. This is all we have time for in part two, and I hope the listeners have found the discussion on the public and private sector efforts on digital transformation in Japan interesting. In part three, which is the final part of the podcast series, Okada-sensei will join me again to discuss some of the legal and regulatory considerations in Japan relevant for digital transformation and some of the challenges that you may face in digital transformation projects, specifically in Japan. Please do tune into it when you have the opportunity.